Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors on our Corks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words in Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode. Welcome to Quirks and Conversation with Alan Orloff. Yes, um, we're starting off our manuary with an author <laughs> I first saw in a panel at Thriller Fest in 2019, and I think it was 2019, and we just started our Quirks and Conversations, our episodes then, so I was thinking about stuff, and I was like, he would be perfect because he had a great story about Sleuth Fest. It's come around now a couple of years later. Yeah, we've here got we are. On. I remember yeah. you saying that, Christy. I do. Um, we will have to talk to him about the Sleuth Fest story because, you know, we love all things Sleuth Fest. Um, <laughs> but before we do, let's not jump the gun. We want to get into a little more about Alan, our guest today. Alan Orloff has won two ITW Thriller Awards. Very impressive. One for his novel, Pray for the Innocent, and one for his short story, Rent Due. He's also won a Derringer Award for his short story, Dine in Dokesville, and has novels shortlisted, has had novels shortlisted for the Agatha Award and Seamus Award, as well as a story selected for the Best American Mystery Stories. All very impressive. He's published 10 books, including his latest, and I have one, and Christy has one, which we're talking about today. I play one on TV, which, by the way, <laughs> is that not the best title? I love that title. And this is a young adult thriller right up Christie's alley. He also has another latest called I Know Where You Sleep, which is an adult thriller with a PI character as his main protagonist. Both are from Down and Out Books. And he is currently the chapter president of the Florida chapter of the Mystery Writers of America, which is very cool. So Alan, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me. I uh, am looking forward to our little chat today. Us too. Uh, you know, of course, before we get started, we always like to mention what wine we're drinking. Yes. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so Alan had a good idea that said, just drink whatever's left over from New Year's because <laughs> it hasn't been that long since New Year's. As you can see, I still have some of my Christmas decorations up. Kathy, what are you drinking? So I, I am drinking a leftover, um, but from the holidays, it was a boxed wine, Boda Box, you know, in an actual oh, yeah. box. But this is their Boda Box Breeze line, which is kind of new to me. And it's a red blend, but it's a lower calorie, lower alcohol content, lower carbs. So just a little bit lighter footprint. And I thought over the holidays, that might be wise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And um, it's really nice. It's a really nice red blend. And I went all out with uh, de-alcoholized. Yeah, I've never heard of this before. It's called Seco. This is St. Regis and it's de-alcoholized. So what Sorry. it is, is it goes through the whole vintner process and then they take the alcohol out. Like decaffeinated coffee or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So it's supposed to taste better than bubbled grape juice. Speaking of bubble grape juice, that's what I had. <laughs> I think mine's a, it's a 2021, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> Late 2021. Well, regardless, cheers, everyone. Cheers. 
I mean, I, I, it actually tastes pretty good. Mine does anyway. Not bad. I, I, I had never heard of de-alcoholized wine. I just thought there was, you know, the sparkling grape juice. I hadn't I either, but when I was researching it, so this one is fruit notes and then includes nutmeg and delicate white flowers. Nutmeg. Hmm. Well, it just smells like sweet. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I have a sweet tooth. I don't have much of a taste for alcohol. We cook with some wine. So I had some leftover port and Madeira and stuff, but that's really sweet yeah. to drink. Yeah. <laughs> good for the food. Yep. Well, I'm super excited to dive into all things Alan Orloff today for Manuary. And <laughs> I want to start talking about this latest book. I play one on TV. And I want to tell everybody a little bit about it. It follows a 16-year-old actor, which I just love. His name is Dalton Black, which is a really good name, I think, for a young actor, actually. Mm -hmm. And he's playing a teen killer on a true crime show, which is, I just love the whole concept. And he gets caught up trying to solve the crime himself, because of course, as it would, he starts getting socked by one of the characters, I guess, in the true crime um, story in the original murder. It's a great page turner. It's got really good cast of characters, a great premise. And so I want to ask you about where the premise came from. I'm really curious about the title. Sure. Tell us where this all came from. Uh, Well, it came from an email I got, believe it or not. So that's a great idea for all you writers out there. If you get an email that says it's a great story idea in the subject line, open it up. Pay (laughs) pay attention to that. (laughs) I got an email from my then agent. Uh, Eric Smith, who's a big YA agent. He's now a YA author. He's done great stuff. He's got a, a book coming out that he wrote with Alanis Morissette oh, wow. called Jagged Little Pill or something. <laughs> no, that's what it's called. It's some really? kind of novelization yeah. of the story of the song. I don't know. Anyway, really cool. That's so cool. he sent me this email and it said something to the effect of, Alan, my wife and I, we watch these crime reenactment shows on cable, on the best mm-hmm. channels like Investigation Discovery. Wouldn't it be great if we had a, if your teenage thespian portrayed a young murderer on one of these shows, and then the guy, the murderer gets out of prison and stalks this guy down, stalks him down, hunts him down. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's a fabulous, fabulous premise. <laughs> but, but what my agent did not know at the time was that I am a father. I was a father of a teenage actor. Oh, oh. really? <laughs> who portrayed a murderer as a young boy on a crime reenactment show on Investigation Discovery. No way. My, what? My, yeah, my son is an actor and he played a, a skinhead murderer on one of these, on Investigation oh Discovery. It's called Evil, Evil Kin was the name of the, <laughs> the show, on one of those episodes. And it was perfect because I did not have to do any research. <laughs> right. I lived it. I was awesome. wondering how you knew all the ins and outs. I mean, yeah, wow. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. yeah, so it was it was great. I mean, it was really cool. And and so just the fact that my son was a, a, is an actor and, and, you know, went to all these auditions when he was a teenager. He wasn't a, he couldn't drive. He wasn't old enough. So either my wife or I had to drive him to his auditions and we had to stick around because he was under you know, 16 or 18. So I got to see how all these auditions worked. I got oh. to see how all these young actors were in the waiting room, you know, doing their lines and, and they all looked, you know, you could tell. And I wrote about this in the book. <laughs> you walk into the, the casting director's office 
and there would be distinct groups of people, like five people for this, five people look like that, five people look for that, <laughs> all going for the, the part that, you know. It's so surreal. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's really yeah. cool. I mean, it's, yeah. but it was so interesting. I'm like, well, this is perfect. So I had, I tried to recall all those experiences that we had, you know, doing that and, and find places for them in the book. And um, as for the title, you know, there's that old commercial where I'm not a doc, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, he's not a murderer, but he plays one on TV. So yeah. I thought that'd be uh, is really title. good. Yeah. And uh, Dan and I thought did a great job with the cover too. Oh nice yeah, and, I like it. Nice it's, and creepy. It's, creepy it's super creepy. Yeah, yeah. The first yeah. maybe chapter or two, I kept thinking about. I might I might be wrong on which um, horror movie this is, but is it Sc- the Scream franchise where they're kind of making a movie about a horror, about a killing on Halloween? It just reminded me of all these teenagers kind of, you know, it's kind of a movie within a movie or a story within yeah. a story. And I, it is, it's, it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> In the best way. Yes. <laughs> Was this the first young adult book that you've written or do you? It's the first one that got published. <laughs> so I have two well I have I've written two other ones one of those other ones I aged up the protagonist easily enough so that's now an adult book mm-hmm. but I still have a, uh, a YA book sitting on my hard drive waiting to, for me to do something with it's not it's more of a coming of age story mm-hmm. and it's not like a crime fiction so it's a little bit outside of my normal environs so i don't know quite what to do with it well someday yeah did that book precede this book the other one yeah i wrote those other two first before this one so what um prompted the idea to to switch genres or age groups yeah you know my agents have not liked the fact that i keep bopping around it's not (laughs) great for building an audience but when when i was i mean i uh, like I'm sure everybody here, we all read as kids and as teenagers and so on. And when I went to the library, it didn't seem to me as much genre divided as it is now. I would just go looking for a good book. So some of the books I read were crime fiction. Some would be just science fiction or horror or just regular old good books. So in my mind, if I get an idea that I want to pursue and this was true earlier, I think, in my writing career, I would just sort of write it. Now, I've realized that the market does have a barrier on things, so I'm I'm trying to stick to just writing, you know, thrillers and crime fiction stuff. Except for when the perfect premise lands in your inbox. In your in your mailbox. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> that, I mean, that's a YA thriller, so it's yeah, not... Yeah, it's still a thriller. It's yeah. still a thriller. Uh, it wasn't too far afield. I, and I think adults, I mean, the adults that have read it I've enjoyed it. So I don't think it's right. Yeah. I I don't think it's, you know, only for YA readers. But I think, I mean, if we have listeners out there, it also is a good book for, especially teen boys and stuff, because it's always hard to find books that they really want to read. And so this one with, with it having a male protagonist and kind of talking about the things they like, which is TV and whatever, or Maybe it's not yeah. TV anymore. Maybe it's YouTube, but same difference. <laughs> yes. And, and and there's not quite as much angst in my book, I don't think, as in maybe some of your more typical 
white mm-hmm. books. And I thought maybe that might appeal to, like you said, more of the male readers. Mm-hmm. Right. But, right. It, you know, because I mean, there are different areas. You know, what I found interesting, too, is the fact that Dalton is in, and he's the main guy. He is more worried about what his parents are going to do and whether or not he's going to keep his acting career than he is about like getting killed by a stalker. (laughs) And it makes me think, you know, it's so funny how the motivations, you always have to have a motivation or your reader, you're going to lose the readers, but YA often has a much different motivation. Well, that's totally realistic. I, again, (laughs) as a parent of a, of a teenage actor who was a teenager, um, yeah, I mean, they would, it was crazy what we would do. I lived outside of DC, right? And Baltimore, for some reason, had some casting opportunities. They were filming House of Cards and Veep. Mm-hmm. And they filmed them in Baltimore. So you'd have to, they have audition calls. And if you wanted to audition, you'd have to drive to Baltimore. So we'd have to brave the Washington Beltway and then brave the Baltimore Beltway. Oh my gosh. And so it might take an hour, 45 minutes for us to go to an audition in Baltimore. But being the good stage parents that, that we were, <laughs> we would say, all right, we'll do it. So we would drive them up there. They would, you know, we'd wait around for the for his, his appointment time because we had to get there early, couldn't be late. And then they'd call him into the audition and they would they might take one look at him and say, oh, yeah, you're not the right look. Next, <laughs> thanks for coming. Oh and like, gosh. he wouldn't even get to say his, you know, three minutes of prepared material because like, wow. I mean, commer- and commercials especially are so dependent on the look. Like if you're casting for a family, like you have like a kid and a family and a commercial, you have to look, your look has to be like the parents. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they can't tell just from a headshot. So if you get there, you could be gone in like three minutes. Oh my gosh. And then it's another hour and a half in the car. So you've spent three hours of your day for oh, wow. a minute interview. Good so it's quality a pretty, family You're time. a really good dad. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty harsh. Uh, well, I made him wash the cars for a month. So yeah. it was okay. it evened out. So about midway, we do the question in the bottle. And it's just a random question that, you know, might come up if you get towards the bottom of a bottle. This is a good one. Who would you swap lives with for a day? Wow. Okay, wow. just for a day. So I'm not just for a day. Yes. Yeah, so you day. don't have to like, you know, it's pretty um, um, I would say I would like to swap with Stephen King. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Keep it in a literary thing. I think I could take maybe 24 hours in his brain <laughs> and then I would have to <laughs> get out. Right. I heard, I had the pleasure of hearing him speak once at a, uh, an event and he was so cool. He just, is a, just seems like a great guy. And friends of mine um, drove him around, picked him at the airport. It was an author event. So they drove him around, wow. you know, and they talked with him. And, and he seemed so personal down to earth, according to what they said. Um, and he's got, I mean, I'm a big Stephen King fan. Mm, Always have me, been. Me too, yeah. Um, I think his writing is great. And so I think I would brave 24 hours in his in his. That's book. a really good answer. <laughs> I think so. Did you yeah. read his latest? Yeah, it was good. That's good. I enjoyed it. Billy Summers. Summers. Yeah. 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 That was really good. We did that on our podcast. Yeah. We did talk about it. Oh, that. yeah. We okay. talked about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it we didn't good. talk to him, but it was, it we was did, great. Yeah. That's a great answer. Christy, who but, would you, who would you swap for 24 hours? I'm curious. I don't know. That was a hard one. Like the, the first thing that came to my head was Michelle Obama, but I was like, 
I don't know why. Cool. I That's, just think yeah. it would be really cool be to fun. be hanging out with Barack Obama. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty um, good. Yeah. I like Kathy, it. you have to answer. I the first thing that popped in my mind was Ina Gerton. She's my favorite um cook and chef. I yeah, just, you know what? That's a smart well, thing because you eat well for a food. day. You yeah. eat well and her house in the Hamptons is beautiful and I just think I'd enjoy being in that space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd come visit you as Michelle. Uh, yeah, How's we that? And we can have Stephen come too, as long as you feed us. I'll be there. <laughs> okay, Fantasyland is done now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm dying to know about your Sleuthfest story because Christy and I met at Sleuthfest in 2018. And um, we have a, a distinct fondness for the um, conference and, of course, for Florida's MWA chapter. Um, and I heard you had quite a inspiration while you were there. Uh, I have a couple Sleuthfest stories. One, really? Sleuth, well, not a story, but kind of a story. Anyway, Sleuthfest <laughs> was the very first mystery conference, great mystery conference I ever attended. And this was back in 2006 or seven, when Michael Conley, I think, was guest. Uh, nice. Guest, yeah. Robert Crace. Anyway, one of those guys. They were both there. And it was fabulous. The people were so friendly, so welcoming. I participated in one of the uh, pre-day, the first day workshops with Chris, Chris and Christy, Chris and Kelly, Christy and Kelly. Got them right. Christy, Chris and Kelly. And they <laughs> took my manuscript and they, and they critiqued it and they had so many wonderful things to say about it that it just gave me so much confidence moving forward that, you know what, I may be able to be able to write a wow. book. Mm -hmm. So that was great. But, and I went two other times, three in all. And one of those times I woke up, this is the story I think Chrissy's talking about. I woke up at 4 a.m. on the Sunday we were leaving after the conference. 4 a.m. I woke up in the middle of the night and I had the idea of a novel completely formed in my head. It was unbelievable. It was the one over my shoulder, Pray for the Innocent. Wow. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, it was like, oh my goodness, what a great premise. So the, that Monday I called my agent. I said, look, I just had this unbelievable idea. I want to write it. And she said, fine, just put aside what I was working on and write Pray for the Innocent. So I did. And, and it came out really good. Wow. The only drawback is now every morning when I wake up, I'm just a little <laughs> bit disappointed. <laughs> I don't have that blockbuster yeah, that idea. Kind of a lift I was going to say, does this happen a lot? Because that would be really cool. <laughs> I keep I keep waiting. So so I so two tips for writers: always open your inbox with the suggestion that it was a great idea, or you know try to think of it and wake up with the idea. Yeah, and when you do wake up at four and think of it, write it down so you don't forget if you fall back <laughs> asleep. Yeah, I've done that sometimes, and usually I like the next morning. It's like Fritzer the Flumpfischmischik. I can't, I can't read what I've written in the dark. That's true. That's true. Uh, Got to get That's one awesome. of those apps now that we have the iPhones. Yes. Know, be like voice memo. <laughs> like, who was this talking to me tonight? <laughs> so that is not always what happens, but um, what is your regular like writing schedule? Like so that you get all your deadlines done and mm. yeah yeah well when I'm working on a book project I'm sort of analyticals and I work by the daily quota method so I'll spend a week before I actually start writing outlining I'm an outliner not a pantser 
-hmm. And once I get that outline done, I back it up by my deadline. So I figure out how many weeks I have to write. And I divide, usually my books are about 80,000 words. So I'll divide it into how many words per week and then how many words per day. So maybe it's 1,200 words a day or whatever. And this is for first draft quality, which means it sucks. <laughs> but you get it done and then you go back and revise it. And then I'll sit down in the morning usually and just type until I hit my quota. Sometimes if things aren't going so great, I'll get up in the middle of the sentence if I hit my quota. Like I'll hit really? right in the middle of the sentence. I'll look, I'll look, you know, I must be pretty close. I'll hit the word count thing. Uh, and I'll be 1200. I'm like, I'll finish the sentence tomorrow. Oh, wow. I got other stuff to do. <laughs> Other stuff that's more fun than writing, which is yeah. So, do you when you say you do a like a week or week and a half for an outline? How how in depth is your outline? Not very. It's not like in, in grade school they teach you, you know, Roman numeral one, <laughs> capital A, little bit of Mine's more like you know, Joe and John sit in the coffee shop and decide what to do with the body. <laughs> now that's my okay. That's my outline. <laughs> but it, it, you know, when I when I do start, I have to know how it begins, the inciting incident, and sort of the premise, of course. And then I need to know the ending, the climax. And in my books, the crime fiction books, it's it's good versus evil. And I like to kind of whittle it down and pair off all the extraneous characters so that it's the the bad guy versus the good guy. Now I think in, I play one. It's sort of a, more of an ensemble ending. But I think that fits more with sort of the YA, sort of the whole drama troupe right. approach. Right. So again, you know, drama kids, from my experience watching, are just a different breed. They are just, yeah. <laughs> they are so extroverted. I am so introverted. And I'm just amazed. And they work so well together. I thought that would be a good way to do the end. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That is really cool. We're just wondering, you know, since we're in these weird times of COVID, mm -hmm. I just wonder what are some of the good and bad changes or bad changes that you've noticed that um, has from publishing or, you know, marketing before to marketing after. And also, is there, you know, a difference in how you approach marketing a YA book versus the other, any other genre? Like, yeah. I, um, well, I, I, um, I know where you sleep came out in February of 20 of 2020. So right, mm, right, right before, right before yeah, the, COVID, the, yeah. the COVID, the COVID. And I, and I had actually, I was out at left coast crime, which is a, a mystery convention. It was in San Diego on March 13th, I think. Oh, so wow. we went, it flew all the way out there. And then we had panels in the morning and they canceled it at five o'clock that night, the first oh, night. Wow. So oh. all these, you know, hundreds of people had come and now we have to all like, see ya, good luck getting home. Wow. So it was pretty crazy. And I, to support, I know where you sleep. I had planned to go to, you know, five or six different conferences and conventions to a lot of in-person events. And of course, all of those got canceled. And then this year with the supporting, I play one on TV, which came out in July. Um, I was going to do, I did, I did one event, Murder on the Beach, but I, uh, you know, all the conferences, I'm still waiting to, that's part of, part of the promotion deals. You go to the conferences, right. you know, panels and you have sign books and stuff. Uh, so I haven't done any really as much. I mean, I haven't been able to do as much in-person stuff. I've done some Zoom events where possible, but it's just, 
different doing Zoom. Yeah, I think um, it just it's harder to connect with the with the readers. Like for for instance, uh, well, it's just different. It's just right. it's just different. So hopefully, you know, I I'm planning to go to five or six more conventions this year. Hopefully that'll happen. And I'll, okay. I guess I'll plug the last these last two books. Uh, you know, with regard to marketing towards YA, I haven't done it before. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a different audience, which I'm maybe not plugged into as, as well as I could be, should be, will be. I, I wonder because, you know, with the YA books are, I mean, I, I would think if you're like middle grade or younger, then, you know, you can go into schools and, you know, do presentations. But the YA books are just a little bit edgier than yeah. most schools. So I don't know how they catch those people except yeah. when your son makes a movie with I mean I got some books, <laughs> I got some bookstagram stuff yeah I got some bookstagram stuff and I got a nice review in the Sun Sentinel from Aline Cogdell uh, so so I that might this, yeah that's and I, I bet there's notice. things like you know who's purchasing you know the, I mean I, when, I mean I'm trying to remember when when I was my kids were in high school they wanted to go pick out their own books they didn't want me to pick out right. books for them and so it's interesting to think about how do you target that audience? Right. Well, you ask who's purchasing. I think my neighbor bought a copy. So that's one. <laughs> I think I sold one book. <laughs> After today, and it, I think it's wild. also you build your audience. Like my daughter yeah. is like, you know, she still loves all her YA books and she'll, she'll be like, oh, this author came out with a new mm-hmm. book, you know, so I have to get it because I love all her books, even though she's in her 20s now. And I agree because I read them too, but... <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. So. Yeah, but but your but your larger point is is valid. It's it's really I find it's hard to sell books. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. unless you're unless you're a big name, unless you're Steve, like Stephen King or James Patterson. Right. Yeah. It's it's hard. People aren't. I, I I'm anxious for everybody to return to their libraries and their small booksellers. But, you know, when you don't have somebody suggesting a book to your face, it's it's a different beast when you're when people are shopping online. And you don't have a bookseller saying, Hey, I think you'd like this one. Or, you know, it's just a different, although the good news is book sales are up after the pandemic. So that's, that's a good, mm-hmm. good yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. All right. Well, well, we still have one final question <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that we ask all our authors. Um, the square root of seven. Yes. Exactly. All <laughs> <that> right. <No. laughs> it's, um, which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be? Uh, I think I'd go with uh, Dalton. Well, there's a scene, actually. There's a scene in the, in the book where Dalton and Patch and his and Dalton's manager are at the IHOP. Or was it a Denny? <laughs> it, was a, it was an IHOP, I think, right? Yeah, I think it was an IHOP. I, I and I picked IHOP for a reason because like about once a year, I like to go to IHOP and eat pancakes until syrup's coming out of my pores. <laughs> So I think that I would, uh, really I would choose that. <laughs> there you go. Like, David, all you I think that's the things. first time we've had anybody <laughs> choose know. a breakfast and there you go. Oh no. You can have it. Pancakes aren't just for, yeah, they're not just for. <laughs> okay. Breakfast. All right. Sorry. Actually, here's a, so the last time I was in IHOP, I had my two boys with me and this wasn't that long ago. I wish I could say it anyway, but um, I got a salad. No, no. you did not. And a let me salad- tell you. Don't do that. <laughs> I was going to say. It was so wrong. It was so wrong. I don't remember the circumstance. I think maybe 
they wanted to eat and I had just eaten a big lunch or something. And I'm like, "Eh, I can't eat pancakes after, you know, fried chicken or whatever I just had for lunch. So I had a salad and I'll tell you what, the salad with that blueberry syrup on top is not, (laughs) doesn't work. Oh boy. It's just really a very vivid picture. (laughs) Okay. Alan, our listeners are going to want to know more about you and your books. How do they find out? How do they reach you? Uh, well, my website, alanorloff.com. I'm on, I'm pretty active on Facebook and I try to make it, I try to be entertaining. Yeah, you are. Uh, you are pretty entertaining. Pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm also on Twitter and I'm, I'm also less active on Instagram, on the gram. As I, the gram. <laughs> I call it IG. I just hope that people find me and love me. I try You're to do so the best cool. I, I try to do the best I can, like, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, and I, I think I'm still on MySpace. For most of <laughs> so they can find me. I'm, um, All right. you know, and, and in person, you know, I'm around. All right. Well, that's great. Great. Well, awesome. you know what? This has been fun. And I think... All we have to do is say cheers now. Cheers and to you, Alan. Good Thanks luck. For joining Thank us. you cheers. for joining Thank us. You. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a good time. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was fun. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen on gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter and enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you that we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers.